fact that um, I am kind of new to this, but I'm still basically, you know, trying to get my my feet below me. But welcome, one and all, haters, loved ones, and um, all in between. Um, I am Philly J, and welcome to Hotheads and Cooler Minds. This is my um, podcast. This should be my third podcast. Um, the first one I recorded, just basically, you know, as a quick little introduction, I probably put that out first, so hopefully that came out first. Um, the second one I recorded in my car on Friday, hot as hell because of what happened on, um, <laughs> what happened on Friday, June 24th, the day that we live in infamy is for, for women around the country. And I decided, you know what? I can't put that out. I'm going to be on somebody's terrorist watch list. So <laughs> let me go ahead and I'll shelf that one. So this is my 2B um, um, episode of Hotheads, Cooler Minds. And uh, I'm here. Thank you. I'm glad to have you guys here. And I would like to welcome um, a friend of mine and also a co-worker of mine, basically, Akara, I won't say your whole full government. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, She is also a podcaster and a very cool, cool lady. I've known her for several years and, you know, just never really got a chance to really sit down and really dig into this, you know, dig into lots about her. So say hello, Akara. Hi. How you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. You know, we just got through good old Monday. And so, you know. Moving on, hopefully to bigger and better things. Yes, so, um, you know, um, I, I, it's, it's something, something about my podcast that I wanted to also focus on. Just besides just talking about current events and different things that are on my mind, is speaking to OGs. Or like I spoke to you about, and you said well, you. I, I pride myself on being an auntie, so auntie. that's the reason why I do my podcast. I got some new. I got. I know a little something. <laughs> got to, you got to. That's the only way we make it this far, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I always loved um, talking to my my OGs. I had a, I say a couple. Maybe I wouldn't call every older person that I've spoken to constructive conversation. But at the same time, you know, um, I have had some OGs and who have helped me to really just put things in perspective. And so I, I, I want to, A, get the younger people out there, hopefully some of y'all might listen to me, um, to really sit down with your, with, with your older people. It don't have to be family either. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? It don't have to be family. One of my, my, my favorite OG, um, uh, you know, I'm from New York, basically, you know, I met her when she was probably in her 40s and I was in my 20s. And, you know, we after meetings at the LGBT community center, I, we used to basically just chill and just talk. And mm. this really, really shaped a lot of my ideas, you know, um, as I grew into an adult. So I wanted to make sure I show love to my my OGs and my aunties. And Akara, you are our auntie. I am. And I hope that nobody, I hope that people understood that and really appreciated that, you know, being here and working with you. So, oh, thank you. Welcome to the show. Um, uh, what does being an auntie mean to you? Well, it's a, it means life experience. Mm-hmm. It means um, to me, that's exactly what it is. Just life experience and being in a position where you can let the younger generation know, like, oh, there ain't nothing new. Or, I mean, not 
in a disrespectful way, but like I've been there and I know exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. You'll get over it. I promise you. I know you people say it all the time, but girl, let me tell you when I did. <laughs> and right. then what happened here? You know what I'm saying? And you come out of it okay. Exactly. You will come out of it okay. You get that um this too shall pass. Yes. You yes. get that understanding of that. Ooh, what was that back in the day? I'm trying to remember exactly who was who introduced me to um can't remember the name of that. I'm sorry, guys. Like I said in the first po- podcast, I will try to remember things, and that is not my strong point. My memory is not my strong point, but at the same time, um, that that was the name Elon Harris. Okay, was an author, and that was one of his um one of his books. And one of my friends from back very very early mm-hmm. in the day, he was a huge Elon Harris fan, and basically introduced me to his books. And that basically was one of the big books that, that really stood out in my mind. Yeah, this too shall pass. pass. And yeah. you know, and it it does. And that, and that's the fun part, just growing into, because some people, some older women, especially middle-aged women like myself, don't like to be considered an auntie. I'm auntie. Call me auntie, you know, because I got something to tell you. Hey, I'm <laughs> you auntie. Know? To my younger little nieces and nephews, I might be mean auntie most of the time, I, and that's okay. Because I'm not going to basically cherry. I'm not going to wrap stuff up in the gift bag and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. You come to me, I'm going to give you something that you might not thought you was going to hear. But at the same time, you're going to get what you needed to hear. Exactly. <laughs> Whether you liked it or not. And sometimes they need, they need aunties. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, aunties and uncles, all of us, we, we're here to kind of be a cushion that that's a, another thing that's what what it means to be an auntie as well because i am actually an aunt right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. kind of being that cushion between their parents and them because the parents have to be a certain way got to and aunts and uncles are there just like okay you know i feel what you're saying little homie but uh your mom is right. You know? Exactly. And or they'll the receive least. it from you more quicker than they will from their parents. And yep. I appreciate my son's aunts and uncles who kind of did that for me. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, I, I like that. That's, hey, uh, we just got to be there. And, and not saying that we chasing you down to give you, um, you know, um, advice or nothing mm-mm, like that. But mm-mm. if you decide to stop and turn around, we might be there to basically yeah. help you out. Come on, man. Come I mean, on. come on now. Come on. You could have came to me five years ago. Now you basically got a record. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but, um, and I'm not going to touch on this too much. Okay. Um, being an auntie. Mm-hmm. In this, um, with not not touching on it too long, but basically what happened on Friday, um, like I was, uh, like I said, I got into my car and I basically had a, I, I thought I had an idea of what I wanted to say, but I pretty much just was speechless. I lost words just really thinking about it, you know. And so I got home, finished a bottle of wine, and. You know, just basically let it marinate for the day. And then the next day, basically, I felt a little bit better thinking about it. And you summed it up this morning when I came in and, and, I, and I told, or actually I DM'd you. And you basically was just like, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Yeah. Um, <sighs> you know, living, because I wasn't around when it when Roe v. Wade exactly. came out. I was born into it, right. But mm-hmm. I do remember <laughs> in college, they had the pro-choice 
pro um pro choice pro life pro life um protest or uh gatherings when I was in college in the 90s mm-hmm. down here because I went to school here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I remember going to uh McKinney McKinney I don't know if she's still in office here I think she was uh, either a senator or a governor, some type of... She held a governmental office, and I went to her Mm pro-choice rally. Mm -hmm. And just that's how I kind of relate. I've always been, like, for me, it's not... You know, I, I, I could not give up a child, you know, in that way. But I also always believe in choice. Um, if God gives us a choice to do, then we should be able to have the choice okay. in whatever. Whatever my choice is, is between me and God, not between me and the government. Exactly. So um, the way I feel about the recent turnover and I haven't really gone deep into it. From what I've understood, is that they basically gave it back to the states. Mm-hmm. So, um, though it is a stupid <laughs> decision to overturn it, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. the slight slither of hope that I see is that, yeah, it's going to affect poor black people. Mm-hmm. Or the poor, the not poor. just black people, just the poor. The poor in general. And so um, southern states mm-hmm. where it's, and I'm putting quotes up here, quote unquote more moral standing, mm-hmm. even though I don't believe the decision was based on morals nah, at all. That's not my There's opinion. going, I promise you, if you follow the money, you'll find out where <laughs> the real reason why it was overturned. Chris Tucker, told, Chris Tucker taught me one of the best things I ever learned in my life. In, um, in, um, what was that show? What was that um, thing that he had with um, Jackie Chan? God. Oh, 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 um, oh, now I can't remember. Gosh, I was so horrible. I mean, movies are my thing. Anyway. I can see. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but the, yeah, the third movie. He was like, mm-hmm. follow the money. Follow the money. It, it never fails. Follow, Follow the, the money. money. There is yeah. something bigger, it's, but they're playing on the moral they, morality of certain people. They, they and their base. If anything, I'm more concerned. Mm-hmm. I would say, but I'm not losing sleep over is the ones that actually that's out there. We fought for this. The pro-lifers mm-hmm. who really believe that our government overturned that because they. They of really a moral standard. Like, when exactly. they have no money to actually help raise these kids, they really believe that these children should still be, you know, uh, and uh, like I said, like you said. That it was, it's not a moral standard, follow the money. It's a, it's a different mm-hmm. reason, and unfortunately, they're using that to ride that into the reason why. Pawns. Yeah. Pawns. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, you know, but, unfortunately, that's how it is. And, I mean, it's just like, um, sorry, sometimes basically I get a little sidetracked in my brain. My brain goes 50 million miles, miles an hour. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's, a, it's just like, um, they, they, it's, like you said, the silver lining. To me, the silver lining that I woke up with on Saturday morning was, 
if this don't wake nobody up, ain't nobody going to be up. So hopefully, you know, something happens. Mm-hmm. It galvanizes the nation and we can make true change before they mm-hmm. can burn the before they can burn the house down even more. Yeah, you ain't know, nobody, hopefully. Was nobody bothering nobody until else. they decided to come and this you know, so <laughs> again, it, it will be just it's going to affect the southern. The this the more moral the states that claim to be moral. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you know, it, I, when you go up north, you'll find more states that's willing to provide oh. that exactly for you. So it just means that sometimes you get road trip, road trip, <laughs> road trip or, to the north where you can get a legal, healthy mm-hmm. um, procedure done. Procedure done exactly. You know, I've done that. Let me say, I mean, like in my day, I've actually have had that experience where I accompanied a friend of mine. Where in Maryland, I'm from Maryland, you know, from the DMV, but in Maryland, Mm -hmm. it was past the time that she could legal, they would do do it it in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So, road trip, we went to New York. You know what I'm saying? In her situation, she, you know, she had, she had such horrible situation. Her body went through so much bad changes Mm. when she was pregnant with her previous child Mm. that she didn't want to do it again. again. And it wasn't something that is like, oh, let me just willy-nilly just get pregnant again. My sister-in-law on her last pregnancy had like two, three trans blood transfusions just to get through it, just to survive. Her her baby damn near came out of the hospital before she did. You know what I'm saying? And so I have a daughter Mm -hmm. to my wife. Around that time, <laughs> due to the fact that it took so long to get pregnant, mm-hmm. if you would ask me, I would have been like, I would definitely wouldn't wouldn't get one, right? Because that's my personal choice. Yeah. But I have had friends who I feel like their lives would be <laughs> probably un- unrecognizable. Don't say, not saying that women aren't strong. Women are strong as hell. And basically, and right. they would have survived, and they're very intelligent women. Mm-hmm. But at that moment in, life, in, that, in their lives, when my, my best friend at the time, she was 15. Mm-hmm. My other um, good friend at the time, we were sophomores in college. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, they, they basically, you know, got pregnant. Didn't, they didn't do it by themselves. They didn't basically, you know, go to a vending machine and punch it. It takes two to tango. So basically, they shouldn't have to suffer or mm-hmm. their lives shouldn't have to completely, you know, change or derail their future that they basically see for something that's completely natural. So right. a, a friend of mine who actually had children, basically, and didn't want to basically have more, mm-hmm. she asked me one day, basically, hey, can you drive me to this? No problem. I was like 20, 22 or whatever like that, basically. And she was in her 30s and, and I had a car. Mm-hmm. So I took her. You know what I mean? No judgment. Right. No no harm, no foul. It should be, it's a choice. And and, 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 and I, my I mean, business. my personal, so putting my personal, I've never in my life had that type of procedure mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. But was I pressured to when I was pregnant with my son? Sure it was. And I could not bring myself to do it. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
but but only because I, in my heart, I knew that I may never have another child again, which I only have one, so boom. Hey. But it was it was there to be done health, in a health-wise. I know mm-hmm. plenty of friends that did it, and it wasn't just as a birth control situation mm-hmm. because there's ch- there's times when they are on birth control and they still get pregnant. Or... Yeah. Um, it's just so many different it, it, situations. It, it, so many different situations. It, that it, it's not just a matter of just being promiscuous. Right. Is that it, it's it and promiscuity? That's the that's the, that's a very you know uh, uh, a a loaded term because it never gets applied to men. It always gets applied to women, and um, and unfortunately, it's always put to be the burden of the woman to figure out and mm-hmm. to carry and to be shamed of, to be shamed All for women. so and so you know I, I like I said didn't want to go over this two for two too yeah, long sure. but I basically I appreciate having you know yeah. your opinion on the situation and you know hopefully we can find our way as a nation I have uh, the- as, as opposed to some people I still have faith here right you know um- <laughs> I still have faith but I do. I can say this, and I want, and we can move on from here. Is, but stay vigilant because if yes, they're ma'am. doing this, the next like I was, mm-hmm. I was watching uh, um, another podcast mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, and they said if they're coming, and you'd be surprised. It's more than just women that's upset about this. Oh, absolutely. The LGBTQIA plus is very much upset about it because if be they're going to do ne- that, the next ones in line is going to be LGBTQIA. I hope I can remember all the letters. IA um, <laughs> is going to be next. And then you know who else is next? <laughs> yeah. We have next. Black people. We on deck. Again. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and hey, for all, all y'all out there, get your, get your house in order. Um, you know, I, I have a, you know, um, I have my paperwork for, I have a second parent adoption for my daughter. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't just basically leave it up to the court or leave it up to my family, extended family, whatever it is basically of what if, you know, you know what I mean? So take, get, get your house in order just to make sure in case anything happens and they try to mm-hmm. take, take, take away unsolidified rights like you so make sure right. you that you have what you need to do and at least get some get some um legal op- you know opinions right. on things that you could do to help yourself in case ish right insurance yeah, you know and yeah so bad situation prepare no be vigilant and be ready and like you say keep your get your um mm-hmm. lives in order um and start thinking about how this could affect more than just women. Hmm. Teach your kids your their Miranda rights, because ain't nobody else going to. You know? Okay. Say one word. Lawyer. Period. <sighs> and that's the only word yeah. you need, they, need to, they need to say. Exactly. Lawyer, and I want to speak to my parents. That's it. Especially. Exactly. Please. Exactly. All kids. And be, be polite. Lawyer, I want my parents. That's it. Anyway. Uh-huh. We had to get to know about you. <laughs> get to know about you. Plain and simple. Um, oh, I mentioned that you had a podcast. Yes. Real quick, just plug your pop- podcast. Um, it's According to Akara. I am According to Akara on all platforms. That's what I try to do. it. And basically, it 
it plays off of being an auntie. It started mm-hmm. with me and mm-hmm. a friend mm-hmm. that did it, and we just had two different subjects. She's a, a prepper, and um, I'm more just kind of like go with the vibes, more auntie advice, more um, spiritual. As I learn and grow, mm-hmm. I like to give that type of advice. And or just talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, and it could be anything. So it, my I have my morning chats Monday through Friday on Instagram Live mm-hmm. that I do. Um, I basically just talk about whatever was on my mind in the morning. So sometimes I have my morning devotions or meditations, and something comes up, and it's like, uh, or there's something that came on last night, or like. You know, like the verses was a mm-hmm. big yeah, hot verses. It's yeah. like, okay, I have to talk about it. You mm-hmm. know, hot topics that come about and how I see it. You know, some some things is uh and some things is not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just giving my opinion mm-hmm. and my desire for that for any of my um shows that I do is to help out anyone Mm -hmm. so that morning chat is something i really enjoy doing and um i go into that and then i also have my bedtime stories where i specifically aim to do a black authors local unknown or you know they're Mm -hmm. just coming out to promote their books of people who don't you know might not know them right that it started with me promoting a friend of mine's book Mm. And then that's just when I said, well, I can't just end there. I just can't end with her book. And then I found another, a local author here, mm. and I really got into her books. I'm on the um, fourth book Ooh. called um, Caught Up Love and the Trill One. It's the fourth se- book in the series. Romantic fiction? Yes. Okay. Yes. And okay. I yeah, love it. it. I love that genre. It's, that's, hey, that's what I write. So, you know, <laughs> it's, that's right. So up there. I love to do that. And I'm, I'm looking at, I mean, I just became a part of a book uh, group on Facebook so that I can, a black authors mm-hmm. group so that I can start scoping. I mean, you know, looking for my next book, mm-hmm. but I didn't know you wrote. So it's like, have you published it? I kind of sort of published on um just Smashwords. It's 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 I only it's only a, a short story. Uh-huh. I'm right now I'm more so focused on writing on um, screenplays. Okay. So I have a couple of several screenplays that I'm basically just working on. You need on. to talk after this cuz I have a friend that is in that she's a writer but oh. she's also she she's uh like a, a high up management of a screenwriter's school. Mm. Okay. And at one point she was, um, last time, you know, I talked to her about that. Mm-hmm. She was, um, had talked with Tyler Perry Studios. So you might, yeah, I mean, that might be a nice little hookup. Say less. For, for you and her. Thank you very um, much. But yeah, so the book, that is really just to promote small authors and putting it out, you know, just reading it and, and, yeah. and selfishly getting me back to reading. So I love doing that. I, that one is like my, that's my baby, baby, because it's like it's easy. It, it's not easy, but I already have the subject. The subject is the book mm-hmm. and the author. Mm-hmm. And I read and I give, my reviews aren't like I read the whole book and then like the book was good, this, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. I do it chapter by, by chapter, chapter. And then I give my commentary and my little auntie spice on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't read the book. 
mm-hmm. to them. Oh, like no, no, some, no, no, no. You re- you re- some reviews that, I mean, some people, they actually read the book. And I said that kind of defeats the purpose of why would I get the book. Right. So I really, I really would like for that. And then I have the show that I'm not as consistent on, but I'm hoping to get more consistent mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. is my single and satisfied. Um, I, well, initially a single saved and satisfied. Where I just basically talk about my walk as a single woman, never been married. Mm-hmm. I am saved. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I'm real. You know, like, I, I have a child. I have never been married. So you know I got stories, okay? <laughs> I haven't always, you know, you fall off. You you know, you walk it out this life. Mm-hmm. And... I just really kind of tell, I be telling my story. <laughs> I just hey. be telling my story. Y'all have a good chuckle with me or how I, uh, opinions of the different types of relationships. And um, sometimes it's very serious mm-hmm. when it comes to, um, like if we're talking about domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. I really like to, um, I, I'm hoping to do a segment or an episode about that, mm-hmm. but I really want to hone in on males that get abused because men, you don't, we don't talk about that. We don't that talk much. about that. You know, it's always yeah. It's, it's, it's they it, don't talk about it. It's it's um, it speaks to the issue that's here today, mm-hmm. where basically certain issues are assigned to women and certain issues are assigned to men when basically it's the whole everybody right. has this whole, the whole everybody's dealing with it right you know everybody has that same trauma or not everybody but mm-hmm. people of both genders deal with the same trauma and deal with the same economical issues or deal mm-hmm. with the same pressures and shame and and grow up in the same families you exactly. know so it's it's just like that's why rights should be basically applied to everyone. And a right shouldn't basically be only basically focused on any specific person. It should mm-hmm. be universal. And, and we need is. to talk about that. Yeah. So, because, you know, going along with what you were saying is rights, you you might think that just this overturning of Roe v. Wade only affects women, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh-uh. It it is going to affect all of the United States. It's just it, it is in one many way different ways, one way or another. It, so I'm just like I don't want to get bogged down because we can talk about that for an entire just, two, two hours. You know, because I'm just like, but I, I'm just thinking about the repercussions. Fifteen years from now, and call me an optimist, but fifteen mm. years from now, when we have to clean up this mess. Right. We're going to be like, why didn't we even go down this road? You know? But, you know, it, it might be long. It might be very short. But oh. that is all. You know, right now I only have three shows as, as it stands. And I'm growing more on um, Instagram than YouTube. But I'm hoping to increase that YouTube so mm. that, hey. you know, just having a more broader audience. Right. So. Right. But, yeah. Tune in, according to a car. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Matter of fact, I just dropped a bedtime stories second episode this, I mean, yesterday evening, 9 o'clock, mm. on YouTube. Go check it out. All right, all right. <laughs> um, how did you contact you? According um, to a car on Instagram, at according to a car mm-hmm. on Instagram. According to a car on Instagram. And email? 
uh, email according to a car podcast at gmail.com. I try to make it all the same. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Um, with that being said, it's um, um, hotheads, cooler minds at gmail.com. That's um, one word, all together, no spaces, obviously. Hotheads, cooler minds um, at gmail.com. All right, so let's get back. Let's get into, and please. I'm not going to ask anything too, too personal, but please feel free. If you don't feel like answering something, don't, you don't need to answer anything, basically. But So, um, you don't have to answer exactly if you don't feel comfortable <laughs> with it. But when and where were you born? I was born January 5th, 1972. January 5th? My, my daughter's birthday is January 5th. All right. Good person. <laughs> in Washington, D.C., in uh, Washington Hospital, so I can tell you everything. Oh, right. uh, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, in uh, Washington, D.C., and I am from that area. I grew up in PG County, those who know. I don't want to say D.C. I grew up in D.C. because those who really are grew up in D.C. can say, well, like, she's not from D.C. I'm from PG DC. County. Okay. <laughs> But right. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, were you named after anybody, or how did you? How did they get your name? Ooh, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, good. I'm because glad I, asked I have you. a unique name, Akara. Uh huh. Ma'am, I have done my research, and it is a food. Any Nigerians that's listening, um, oftentimes when I run into Nigerians, is it? Is that your name? Akara. Akara. That sounds actually kind of familiar. My wife's Nigerian. She so is? Ahead. Okay. Ask her about Akara. I it's per, uh, a very popular uh, bean dish. It's not beans. It's kind of like you, they mash it up and make it a fried fritter. Uh-huh. It's like a bean fritter. Okay. And I heard I have yet to have me. <laughs> and Akara. Yeah. <laughs> and um, how we got that name is I asked my dad, because I, uh, God rest her soul, I never really asked my mom how she came up with my name. Mm-hmm. But my dad said, you know, she had Nigerian friends while she was pregnant with me, and she heard Akara. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually a, a role of the or Akara, or something like that. My dad said, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, you have, right. you know, Nigerians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... That she heard it and she liked it, and thus, that's how my name came about. There you go. There you go. Yes. You were born in the 60s, you said? 70. 70. 72. 72. Okay, okay. So you're not as old as my brother. No. Okay. Okay, Okay, good to know. All right. So you were born in 72 in the the Washington, D.C. metro Mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Um, Your mom and dad's names? Uh, Scarlett. Scarlett. I love that name. It's a nice name. Yes. Um, I like old names. Go ahead. <laughs> Scarlett, well, Robinson, because she remarried my dad, my stepdad, um, and Robert Hatcher, who's still, he's still around. He's somewhere in Georgia. <laughs> okay. okay, he lives down here? Yes. He okay. lives, he's not from, he will never claim here. He never is from New I. York City. Neither will I. Brooklyn till I die. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I have a southern accent nowadays. Somebody who come, come, what was it? Down in the lobby, they was just like, Billy G from South Carolina? I'm like, South Carolina? <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. No, <laughs> no. My 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 dad, he he's was born in New York City and when he grew up in Florida though. 
they end up going back down to Florida and was raised, but he prides himself on his New York. He's like, and I wasn't in Harlem. We was in a so-and-so-and-so <laughs> area. It's like a really, really, it's, it's actually almost better than Harlem in that time, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, sure, it wasn't, it was, yeah. hey, it was New York. My mom is from Florida all day. She was very proud of being born and raised in Mount Dora, Florida. And where is that? Is that North Florida? That's um, that's more center Florida. It's close. Okay, close it's, to Kissimmee, Orlando area. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's right outside. It's it's part of the bordering cities of Orlando. Cool. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, what was their professions? My dad is a computer guy. I can't tell you the specific computer type of stuff. No worries. Um, he started in the Air Force. Awesome. And uh, he was a photographer in the Air Force. Mm. And then he got out and got into computers. I don't know if it's networking or he worked on the computers, the hard computers. Mm -hmm. But he definitely was working on computers when they were big <laughs> and everybody didn't have one. <laughs> and they but put like index cards in that joint. <laughs> my mom, my mom was a, a data processor. Hmm. Key point. She had some, you know, that the cards. I remember going, right, right. They, and they, my mom worked for FCC, and I remember going there and putting those punch cards in. I don't know what, I must have been, I might have sent emails to people. I don't even know. But I was just run that card through, you know. Exactly. And it was like, oh, got holes in it. Let me do another one. I don't know what I programmed. Yeah. <laughs> all the Roswell pitches. You didn't deleted, deleted um, deleted, deleted the, the, no, the, you, you the Watergate tapes. You know what I'm saying? Who's that child in this house? Nixon loves me right now. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, she was doing that, and um, then she later on became an at-home mom. So most of my life after. I mean, from like middle school, not even middle school, early, late elementary mm -hmm. to graduation, she was a stay-at-home mom. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Hey, my mom was basically a, a, a stay-at-home and working at the uh, same she time. She was much it, more it, it, than it, it, that. I have to say that she was also a writer and a poet, awesome. and she did a whole bunch of stuff. She was a great teacher. She was a great all-around, wonderful woman, and mm -hmm. I miss her greatly. I'm not crying. <laughs> Trust and believe. I will drop a tear in a, in a heartbeat. I, I, I might as well be an actor, but I'm not. I wouldn't be acting. It was, I, <sighs> sometimes emotions come out. Yeah. Let it be. But we are gonna keep it light. My dad was light. cool too. <laughs> <laughs> he lied too. He He's still here. cool. He's here. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> We're still sure. here. Of course, of course, of course. Um, do you, uh, you have any siblings? Oh yes, mm. and we are very close. Um, I have a three brothers and one sister. Okay. Okay. Yes. Where are you in the in the line? First. You're first. Oh, you're the oldest. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Yes. All right. How do they feel? Like, do they do they look at you like um like you're like you're you were spoiled over all the other ones? I don't. I know. You still daddy's little girl? Nope. Oh. Okay. Actually, my sister was more of the daddy's little girl as mm -hmm. in our family because again, my mom remarried and then she had children with my dad mm -hmm. we were all raised together you know me and my brother Kelsey are um have the same father mm -hmm. and then the last three are my stepdads but we all 
you know, well, was, you know, same yeah. mom, stepfather, and we all. I just, I just don't get into the half and stuff because we were all raised. That's my sister, but she had a closest relationship with her dad. So when he mm-hmm. passed, it was really hard, harder for her. It was hard, but yeah. it was definitely it's harder for because she was. She's the baby girl, mm-hmm. only girl, mm-hmm. outside of me. You know. Right. So and now, am I close with my dad? I probably am the closest between me and my brother Kelsey, mm-hmm. but um, no, I, I don't see myself as spoiled. But when I look at old pictures, <laughs> in the beginning, I was I was spoiled. Uh, I was the first. I, ex- I I always tell I only say that because my brother. Even though he would probably say that my little sister was a spoiled one, or that maybe I was a spoiled one, because for a time, I was basically the only girl for like nine years until they finally decided to have my ki- have my sister in their forties. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm like, nobody's more spoiled than you. Like, mommy would drive like an hour and a half just to bring you some dinner. Is the only boy? He's the only boy. No, he's the oldest boy. It was two boys and then two and two girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. He yeah. can't do no wrong as far as my mama comes, but my mom's concerned. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it is, is what it is. It is. It is. It is what it is. Okay. Um and you said you have a son? Yes. One son. How old is he now? Twenty five. About to be twenty six. Okay. A whole okay. grown child. Thank you. Jesus. Hey, thank God. We made it. Hey, right? <laughs> if only. Mine is eight, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm one day at a time. Cherish every every year, every minute, because before you know it, they get into them dub, double digits, and you turn around and graduate from high school and college. So, you know, know. I had to, we had to continuously explain to her the, the, the definition of a teenager, because she already wants to basically. I'm like, you're eight. You have to actually have a teen on the back of that na- on the back of that <laughs> number. When she turns thirteen. She might be like, oh, Lord, I'm a teenager oh, now. Oh, goodness. Oh, uh, but, you know. Hey, and all I'm going to do is look at my wife and be like, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> Buy her lip gloss. I told you so. <laughs> I told you to get her some chapstick and get some Carmax and call it a day. You want to go get her lips some lip gloss, and here we go. Here, that's what we get. That's what we get. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on a little bit. Um, What does... Uh, you come from a, a family. Would you consider your family a big extended family? I would call it, yeah. yeah but, uh, Compared, I mean, in the 80s, that's mm-hmm. pretty big. It was pretty to big. They had five I mean, exactly. kids, you know. Right, so. right, right. What, what, um, so what does family mean to you? Like Everything. Um, right. Everything. They are my siblings especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything to me. It was because of my siblings having the... Re- the close relationship that my mom made sure we had. Mm. I, I give it to my mom because I know as the oldest, you know, you go. You, I'm the first one in high school. And one time I, I kind of, yeah, I cold this my, my, my siblings. They come up like to get along gang, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> nose running. They kids. And I'm like, if you don't, I ran from them. My mom checked me so quickly. So that's why I give so much credit to my mom for for making sure that we we grew up to be close Mm -hmm. and you know and they were the reason why it was easier to get over our parents passing um they're my first best friends 
They're right. my last best friends. <laughs> hey. So, um, I, they're, they're, I mean, my family is everything. But family, for me, all around is pretty, it's important to me. Right. Because, you know, with, even though my parents are gone, I do have a father that's still alive. And he's always dropping historic, he loves history. Mm-hmm. So he's always dropping some type of knowledge or something that I didn't know about my family and stuff like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have family, you know, who do you have? And then also, I do want to add this, that family isn't always your blood. No. Nope. Because I do know people who have strained relationships with their blood family mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to ever feel like you have to be loyal to those family because sometimes the people that treat you the best and more like family the ones that don't even share your same blood the one that choose you sometimes you know, family family sometimes real family is the, or sometimes real family could be the ones that choose that choose you and I can say that a lot about my Rochester family mm-hmm. because my my again I had a stepfather and um, I say I have, I have two good, you know, fathers, two mm-hmm. fathers. Mm-hmm. But his family, my stepfather's family treated us like we came from them. Never missed a step. I never missed a step, you know. So, um, my matter of fact, his mother is the only grandmother I really had a connection with. Mm-hmm. I mean, like my mom's mom, but we we didn't go down, we didn't see her, we didn't go to Florida as often as we went to Rochester, mm-hmm. New York. So, um, yeah, she was more of the grandmother. You learn how to cook certain things from her, and mm-hmm. you know, grandma will let you borrow five dollars or give you five dollars. <laughs> you know, right, right, um, right. and you know, so you know, no no slight to my mom's mom because she was great in her time too. You know, as I got older and I got to know her and she'd tell the stories, that's why I really enjoy. Oh, I used to love going. We, I would go up there, go down to Florida every year mm-hmm. for her birthday because my son's family would take him because he, he would go to D.C. for the summer. But his grandfather would take all the grandkids and go to Orlando mm-hmm. for Disney and all that stuff. So I could just go down there and pick him up so he can go to school. Mm-hmm. So, and I, it was always around my grandmother's birthday. So you go there, it's just all the families there. Shout out to my my Florida family in mm-hmm. <laughs> Mount Dora and just have a good time cooking. My uncle's cooking mm-hmm. uh, on um, barbecuing and stuff. And just stories, you know, and my grandma's at this point where. You know, yeah, I did it. She was wild. She was a wild lady back in the day. And she was like, yeah, I sure did. I sure did that. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I loved it. I, I lived for those, for those, for those um, conversations. Uh, my mom and my dad basically was talking about, oh, back in the day, and this is your grandfather. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. It's, hey. Yeah. I always, I, I love the fact that I have, well, I love the fact that I have a great, solid immediate family mm-hmm. not just my personal wife and child mm-hmm. but my family's close-knit mm-hmm. and we have a big extended family outside of that right but i will definitely say outside of my immediate family some of the closest people that i've ever had to meet were friends that i met when i was in my adult life living in new york 
Mm-hmm. And even though basically, you know, my immediate family was still around, we chose each other mm-hmm. and we supported each other. So that's basically yeah. definitely I always I have lots of friends of mine who have problems with their families. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first one to be like, hey, I mean, family's family. They ain't going to stop being your family. You just don't got to talk to them. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, you just make 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 the connections that count. And, right. You know, and and sometimes that's that'll get you that's they get get you get you through yeah. those times when you Christmases and stuff like that where you just like oh, I don't got nowhere to go and Thanksgivings and it'd be like mm-hmm. if you don't go pick up a bottle and come up over to this over this house and get some of this food. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. You know, so yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be anybody. It could be. I mean, it could be anybody. Who's your Who's your biggest role model growing up? Well, as a kid, it was Martin Luther King. Mm. I love that man. Mm. I learned mm. everything about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom was up there. But you know, so yeah, your mom's your mom. Mom and daughter relationships were kind of. It was rough. I mean, it's just the way it is. Sometimes, not all, not some, some, um, they are just really majorly close. Mm-hmm. So don't take that as a, but yeah. we, we had our strain. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to it, my mom was, she was pretty cool, especially as I got older mm-hmm. and she realized that I was actually an adult. <laughs> Well, uh, actually, it came. It, our relationship was better as we got older, and I was very blessed to be able to take care of her for a little bit before she passed. Mm-hmm. So it was it was cool. My mom was more of an influence than than I thought mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, I, she I really mean, was. It's crazy that you know I'm blessed to have my both my parents still here, but. It's those times where, like, me and my sisters talk, or my, me and my sister mm-hmm. talks, or, or, or my brothers, and we really just look back and be like, Mama was an OG. She, you know, she, 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 she held it down. She really mm-hmm. held it down. And those times when you're a kid, you don't really notice that. But basically, you know. You, you don't until you get older. It's like, man, or you have your own kids. Like, wow. I sound like her. Amazing. I am turning into my mama. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it it was I I she was, was a role model, but I I feel like that came later on in life. But as a kid, Martin Luther King, and you couldn't mm-hmm. he could do no wrong. <laughs> it would be Martin Luther King, and um, of course, my first love was always my dad, my mom, my mom. You know, as a baby, it's like oh, I couldn't wait till he got home. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Martin Luther King and my mom. Okay. <laughs> you mind me asking what? Um, how did my mom pass? Um, pancreatic cancer. Mm. Pancreatic cancer. That old c word. Yep. I mean, hey. F cancer, y'all. <laughs> and that one was a tough one because it was not detectable. It's not something mm. she could have done to detect it. Mm. And the craziest part about it was. 
she died almost year to the day of my dad, my stepfather. Passing. You know, he, he passed and then she passed the next year. And um, the, one of the things is when she went to the doctor about not feeling well, mm. you know, I think a lot of they thought maybe it was just that she was grieving, mm. you know, because she did lose her best friend, you know, with him for over 30 years, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that was, it was pretty hard. And I'll be honest, I, I'm very happy I did not. I wasn't there at the end. Mm. I get to see her and take care of her when she first found out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I went on leave from work at the time and went to D.C., Maryland, mm-hmm. to to take care of her because I was not, as, <laughs> as the oldest, I was not pleased with the answers that my brother couldn't give me. Mm. So I was like, I need to go and find out what's going on. For real, right. For myself, yeah, or, right. you know, right. you know, cause, and and it was it it was kind of hard because we went through her, just put wrapping her mind around. It's like man, because <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't ready. This is not something who, you could right. expect, but right. you know she bounced back and went into remission and it mm-hmm. came back with a vengeance a few months later. But she she. She was she was a trooper. She went through the chemo and, you know, again, my siblings, my family, you know, really rallied around her and mm-hmm. us. And um I was just very thankful that I was able to take care of her at that time and then my aunt, um, my mom's sister was able to you know, right, take care of take over the rest of the way. Right. And most of matter of fact, all of my siblings still lived in Maryland. Mm. Or D C. Yeah. Yeah. They both they either lived in D C or Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um I was the only one here in Georgia. So, um they all of course they helped out once I left and everything, but my goal was to take care of her so that they didn't, I mean, they they were young. And my brother Kelsey did so much to help be a care, caretaker for our stepfather, our dad. Um, I just hate saying stepfather because he was just not just a yeah. step. But to take care of our dad, mm-hmm. that it's like, and he had just got married, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, nah, if I could have, moved and stayed mm-hmm. I might have but I still was working here my son had just got used to being down here from Maryland and to take him my son just doesn't take well to change very well so it worked out <laughs> it worked out it, it was worked gonna out. happen I'm sure yeah. I'm, you know it, it was everything happened the way it now that and that's, and that's sad. a good thing everything happened Definitely in in God's order, right. and that I cannot take away. Exactly. But with that being said, sidebar about pettiness and families and funerals. <laughs> Did you hear about Bill Bellamy 
And what no. happened to him? Uh-uh. His father passed away, and his father-in-law passed away. Oh. And his sister, allegedly, this is what I'm, I, the article that I read yesterday, his sister, they had, I guess, some kind of um, disagreement uh-huh. on when to... Um, went to schedule the funerals. Uh-huh. His sister scheduled the father's funeral the same day as his, step- as his father-in-law's funeral. So he ended up missing his father's funeral. That's that kind of petty you can never take back. That's that kind of petty that you can never take back. Families, be good to each other. Because that oh, was unnecessary. That's horrible. I, I could not. What? <laughs> but you know, that's how big sometimes it's, it's a a a. You know, Love up on your brothers and sisters. Hey, <laughs> I tell you, the best thing my parents did they both chose to be cremated. Mm. So <laughs> we right? had time. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> we had time to you mm-hmm. know do the memorial service, but you know we had the pettiness with my uncle when he passed and. Never you thought fails. he was going to have some type of funeral or memorial service? No, sir. They didn't even have none of that. So I felt some type of way, but eh. Hey, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, this you just got to focus on the, the person who passed. I'm sure they basically wouldn't want you and your family to go through this. So that's all for the flesh. Mm-hmm. You got to basically avoid the flesh. Again, I'm so happy I have my brothers and sisters. My siblings are pretty cool. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you're from the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. You live in Atlanta currently. Yes. Are there any other places you lived before at coming to, come, come to rest here? Live, live? No. No? Okay. I mean, D.C. I mean, I born in D.C., grew up in Maryland, lived in D.C., down here. Actually, my dad, my, my biological, my dad, Robert, moved down here in the 80s. So I'd visit down here all mm. the time mm-hmm. growing up. Okay. You know, um, so Atlanta. Like teens. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially in my teens. So Atlanta metropolitan area is kind of like a second home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but no, I haven't. That was actually going to be my next question. Like, what brought you down there to Atlanta? But you said that your your stepfather or your father. My, my father has been down here. Moved down here. Yeah, right. and because um, I've been here mm-hmm. in <laughs> quick story, I really moved down here to get away from my parents in Maryland. <laughs> because, you know, again, parents tend to forget that you're, you, you, I'm an adult now. But how I was still you, living in that house. How I was, old were you when you moved down here? When you permanently 19. moved down here? 19. I was, mm. oh, I don't even think I was 19, 18. Mm. This, you know, down in the area. Yeah, and I graduated from high school. I went to PG Community College. And um, me and my parents were clashing, you know. Maybe that way. And, I mean, and it wasn't like a, you know, ball out fight or anything but you needed space i i needed <laughs> the opportunity to grow up and being that and, to be an adult right away from home and my dad being that i wasn't raised by my biological mm-hmm. all you know i came it was the opportunity for me to come down here 
Funny enough, I came down here and clashed with my with my stepmother, even though I still love her to my heart. She's not. <laughs> if anybody, if if my other step, because my father got mm-hmm. married twice. Mm-hmm. Right. I, well, three times technically, because my mom, then my stepmother, then another mm-hmm. um, wonderful woman. Um, mm-hmm. But my real stepmom would be Linda. <laughs> so <laughs> right. she she's the one that you know I have more. You connection, know, connection right. with. Um, right, right. I I knew her from childhood. You know, like young. Right. So um, she still shout out to Linda. She you know she was she was my real stepmom. But we clashed a little bit, and and I just came at the wrong time. And anyway, but I did get to <laughs> I got to be treated like an adult because my dad gave me more freedom. Mm-hmm. So you said that was the eighties. 90s. Okay. okay. I, I graduated okay. in 1990, actually. June 1st, 1990. 1990. That's when yeah. you graduated from high school. Okay. Uh-huh. So. What was that like, like back then? <laughs> Freak Nick. <laughs> that too? I was here <laughs> during those times. It was, it was slower, mm-hmm. but there was, at, in the 90s, I felt like there was a great migration from New York to Atlanta. That's where a lot of people was moving from New York to Atlanta um, because companies were moving their headquarters here. It was cheaper living. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, that whole... You can get a house. Boys in the hood. All that stuff mm-hmm. that said, we're going to Atlanta to go to school. And we're going to Atlanta. All that. Mm-hmm. All those movies. That, school days and all that good all stuff. All of that. <laughs> going from, coming from, I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta. I was there I was here in Atlanta. It was actually quite cool. It was quite cool because I was here when 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 hip hop kind of started to take off here and be recognized right. down and, here. And down here, hip hop really started oh. to get, it actually started to form up and get some some actual you know, right. And we were really getting purposes. recognition as. Um, Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, their music, not, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, being that when I moved down here, like went to school, mm-hmm. I, al- I always end up connecting with somebody from New York. Well, because at the time, my friend in college was from New York. So mm-hmm. everybody, she met, she like, oh, you're from New York? I'm like, oh, I'm from D.C. Right. <laughs> close, close enough, girl, come on. You know what I'm saying? But everybody, so I always end up making friends with her because New Yorkers just, they they gravitate towards, you know, each other, especially down at that time. Mm -hmm. They always hung around with each other. So um, I felt like I had a a New York experience in Atlanta with hanging out with them. So, um, but it was, it was new, innovative. It was the parties with literally be I know New York doesn't sleep but New, Atlanta had an underbelly that didn't sleep either <laughs> okay also uh, we college was awesome mm-hmm. you know I didn't go to the big HBCUs even though my dream was to go mm-hmm. but you know I said where did you go did you go to school I went to I started out here at DeKalb College mm-hmm. which is now Georgia State <laughs> Hey, and then state. I transferred to Georgia State. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate from there. I ended up leaving and no the health thing. Uh-huh. So not a not a problem with that. I no, I I, I love my it stories. But it was it was actually wonderful. I actually when I first moved down here, 
in 90, at the end of um, 1990. Mm-hmm. Freaknik wasn't something that, it wasn't big, but I was here as it grew and it just say, took how, legs. Like when did it start? Like before like 1990s? Almost, yeah, it did oh. start, but it was small. It was just like a little thing that college, the co- you know, the HBC Clark and all of them, they would have like a little gathering in Piedmont Park. And from what I understood, it was just something. So, you know, those who didn't get to go to spring break in Florida, mm-hmm. we had something, a little gathering. Right. Um, here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then radio started catching hold and said, oh, and then different clubs. Oh, it's freaking it. And it just grew out of control, really, mm-hmm. to the point where the city couldn't really control it. I mean, people were coming here. On Wednesday, for Freaknik parties, okay, and then people were moving here, mm-hmm. thinking that it's like Freaknik all the time. All it's the like, time. No, no, bro. <laughs> it's not like that. But we grew from that, and people started wanting to come here and stay here. It's like mm-hmm. it's not Freaknik like this. It's, I mean, the parties are good, but you know, right, right. But then, so that was, I mean, fond memories, fond memories. The, the transportation was always sucky. <laughs> so if you, you didn't have a car, it sucked. Mm-hmm. But I remember the underground. Mm. The underground used to be a tourist spot to be at. And hanging out over there, all the, you know, all my friends would hang out in front of the underground. New Yorkers are sitting up and doing rap ciphers in front of the underground and over by five points, um, going through the food court, getting samples and filling up <laughs> on samples, hanging out at, at Lenox Mall because my my friend then, she lived, her mom came down from New York. Mm-hmm. And because AT&T's headquarters turned, came here, she worked for AT&T. So she moved down after she graduated mm-hmm. um, with her mom. And they stayed out in Dunwoody, uh, Sandy Springs, where Sandy Springs is now. Because part of that, what's called Sandy Springs, used to mm-hmm. be Dunwoody. Okay. And um, so we would always end up at Lenox Mall in order to catch the bus to get to her place. Right, right. Um, but... Uh, it was just, it was it was it was fun. It was fun. It was really really fun. I feel like I mean, some places were probably like you know, um, a little different, but definitely the music added to it. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm from, I'm a little younger. I'm from, you know, from, from New York, so I wasn't down here, obviously. But the music, that, that cult, the culture, that time mm-hmm. basically was a energetic time in our culture. Oh, it was, it, I, I wish that we could get back to it one day, or, but it's, sometimes times pass and, you know, you got to basically keep moving on. But it was it, wonderful. It, it, I could imagine. My brother used to, my brother went to South Carolina State. Uh-huh. So after he graduated, he moved straight to Atlanta and then started lobbying for all of us to basically move down here to Atlanta with him until he got all of us moved down here to Atlanta with I him. tell you, the other thing that made me, I could have moved anywhere, I guess, after 
being in D.C. because I went back home mm -hmm. eventually, had my son, <laughs> came back down, was one of the things I really loved about Atlanta mm -hmm. was the black ownership, ownerships here mm -hmm. that I felt like this, what it ended up being is a black mecca mm -hmm. where you can come here and you kind of start your own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, do you experience some racism? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I Why mean, it happens. Exactly. You're going to find it, as, as surprisingly enough, you're going to find it in New York. It's just more subtle. It, it's more subtle, but at the same time, it's the regular tropes. The, it's, it's that getting on, the, it's getting on the elevator and a lady jumps off the elevator. Okay, I didn't want you on here anyway. A clutch her purse is even tighter. It's just like, oh girl, God. I don't want that. What you got? Oh my but, God. Hey, it it, it, it is what it is. Exactly. It's a but it was bit, it's more, I, yeah. I, I just saw it grow, and it was so nice to be here to that. see the Atlanta grow to where it is today. I can imagine, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, that that right there would have been an experience, you know, to, because um, to, I mean, I, I, I guess New York's, time like that was the late 80s into the 90s mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it was just I mean well personally like I say black culture basically just like really I mean it started to build but it really flourished in that late 80s to 90s yeah. time you still had conscious rap and you had fun oh. and people actually used to dance at clubs um, <laughs> you know but I love the you know that era too because mm -hmm. it was conscious now down here the Atlanta it kind of took a lot from Florida mm -hmm. um, type of music but again like I told you I hung around with so many New Yorkers I got that q-tip and Tribe Called Quest mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, the Moni Loves and the, the Moni Loves and the, Loves and the, Latifas uh, and the you know then it was more conscious then but I really liked it I'm gonna get back to music in a second because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I was I was born as a couple of this, my brother's six years older than me so I was born at six years too 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 late to experience because I would have been down here freak Nick with him <laughs> I would have been right up my alley basically yeah. but hey got to experience my, yeah. my, my my times of partying in school when I was younger. Yeah. Um, well, we spoke we spoke a, bit, a little bit about, um, well, you told me about how it was like, and we kind of went over like how it changed a little bit, basically. Yeah. Like, how, how do you feel? Like, when did it change? Or when did Freaknik change? I guess you, you were saying that how like um, people were moving down here thinking that it was going to be that party all the time, but yeah. rude awakening. Um, <laughs> Some were, but then also some people, when they moved here, a lot of people moved because their corp, their companies moved here. Mm -hmm. And they, in order to keep their job, they moved here. My dad, I think that's the same thing that would happen in the 80s for my dad and my stepmother at the time. Mm -hmm. Their company moved from Minnesota mm -hmm. to here. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot, I mean, I think the change happened First of all, let's talk about Freaknik. It got really out of control uh, around 94. Mm -hmm. And when I say 94, yeah, 94 is when we had Mayor Campbell. Mm. If you're listening, you old, you <laughs> just could have done better. Um, but they were trying to stop it because at this point, at by time, 93, 94, mm -hmm. 
we were shutting it down in Atlanta. Mm. In that uh, uh, spring break, April, that first, that first, second week of April, I want to say, I can't remember. It's been a while, but when I say we shut down the city, literally people who worked in the Midtown, oh, Piedmont. They couldn't even basically function. They like, oh, Freak Nick is coming? I will not be into work today. Not because they're going, it's just they did not want to be involved with the traffic. Mm. A lot of things change. Mm. They, you, if you ever gone down the street and it says no cruising, that mm. was from Freak Nick because we would shut it down it on the street. People would stop the street. dancing in the street. You know, get got a little wild. Of, of mm-hmm. course, it got wild. You know, that's what they based the reason why they want to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was not an organized like one music fest or stuff like that. It wasn't like in one area. Mm-hmm. We was all over Atlanta, all over. So mm-hmm. when Campbell tried to shut it down in '94, it's either '93 or '94. I cannot remember for sure. But when he's at some point, he started shutting down exits that would get you to the clubs or the parties mm. or to come into the city. He was shut. They, they literally the exit down the exits to get off on, shut him down. What, point, what sense does that make? You so that you cut, wouldn't you come into the, the city. Roads? I said, but then mm. on that, the, our solution to it is, guess what we're going to do? Have a party right here on 285. There it is. We're going to party. That doesn't stop it. We got speakers in the car, <laughs> okay? And you know how we do it down here in Atlanta. Those speakers is like the club it's speakers. Whole, it's a whole parade so down there. So we were like, all right, fine then. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, so he right. just really trying to kind of clean handle up. Handle it better. Yeah, he, he could have handled handle it, it a little better. Uh, like, can y'all organize this into one place? Because they did try to organize it and have at the amphitheater, what was it, uh, Lakewood Amphitheater, mm-hmm. had they had performance, but it get crowded there. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, clubs, they get crowded. We can't get in the club. Parking lot pimping is Basically. what we started doing. Mm-hmm. We started, we had to party in the parking lot. Why did we need to get in the club? And pay money. And pay money, <laughs> but we got the music here. We got the drinks here. People were coming in Winnebago's and stuff like they going to uh, uh, camping. <laughs> you know, like not even camping, but going to oh, uh, Florida oh, oh, oh. for for Go spring up. break. Right. They came ready. Like I don't need. We don't need to rent nothing. We sleeping in the Winnebago. It's exactly. a RV here. Mm-hmm. You know. So there was that whole thing. I mean. It was a movement they couldn't shut down. They it was hard. It was yeah, hard and eventually they eventually did. When you when you say that it kind of ended, um, I was gone by that time. Um, I was back in in Maryland by ninety mm-hmm. five, but I think it, it after that ninety six is when I've heard that's when it just wasn't the same. You mm-hmm. know, that's when they started putting laws and rules that prevented you do the whole parking lot you can't just mm-hmm. hang out here you can't just you can't cruise along you cannot um cruise on this street mm-hmm. you'll get a ticket and stuff like that but again it's this not just wasn't just in midtown it was all over mm-hmm. uh, all over college park wherever there was a party we was doing it we was shutting it down mm-hmm. so we kind of got out of control it'd been nice if it was more organized like the one music fest everybody get together and do that in one spot mm-hmm. but 
they be trying. They be trying to shut. They do the same. They do I the mean, same thing in in New York with the West Indian Day Parade. Basically, it's been going on forever since forever, forever. You know, but little by little, they try to restrict it a little bit more, more, little more, bit more, more, until you be like, I don't want to go no more. You know, because it's no fun. Mm. But it was, you know, people was making. They made money hand over fist. I'm sure. Everybody. It was a part of the economy. I'm sure. I said, because we, yeah, we tear it up and the Piedmont Park might be tore up after we finish with it. But we bought all the food and the drinks that's here and people, trust me. And people was making t-shirts and sell all kinds of. What month was it during? Huh, April. It was during April? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And late like. April. Like late or mid-April? Like mid-April. Okay. Spring break, you said. Right? Yeah. All up here where Piedmont is right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it started really in Piedmont Park. Mm-hmm. So anyone that bordered around Piedmont Park used to make money just having people parking on in their, in their yards. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it was fun. And then it started to change because people were really coming here, not just for, for because they think it's a freaknik, mm-hmm. but corporations are coming here, making this their uh, headquarters because it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I think the real, real change for me is when I came back in 2003. Um, things started to change. Um, I, I think there was a, the Ray Lewis shooting or whatever went down. It, just the parties just kind of, it wasn't all night. It was just like, it, a lot of things changed because of that and um, BMF. Mm. Okay, being down here, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, around 2005, 6, it kind of changed because now it's just like Black Hollywood. Everybody, everybody's here. Exactly. (laughs) Everybody's here. Yeah. It's not not like a place you go to slow down anymore. You come, you come in here. People are now coming here to get opportunities. Right. uh, Movie opportunities, commercials, entertainment. It's too big time. It's not. It's, it's, it's becoming it's, little Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. No one's. You, you're getting some un, unreal people here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get unreal people because so much stuff is being filmed now. Right. All these. Every time I turn the corner, there's someone filming. Some sign. Right. right. You know, you get the sign. You you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I saw one when we came coming into I, work today. I passed several on the way just going down Peachtree. Right. Every single time, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that kind of, it kind of it's become a little Hollywood. It's eh, eh. I mean, hey, I I understand completely. Get what you're saying. I I I like that. Let me not say I don't. I I don't pretty. I I'm not here for the small town feel. Right. That's I like true. the urban, um, mm-hmm. you know, attributes to it. But at the same time, when you, per, this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. when you have a major metropolitan city, and you still consider yourself a small town, that's when basically it sooner or later things just don't work. You you it's it, it's. <laughs> I, like, you know, I have a friend that um, she she's from New York, mm-hmm. but she she got she she moved her mom moved her back down to Alabama, you know when she was young, you know not that young but like maybe like preteens whatever. Mm-hmm. She still remembers New York, but she said Atlanta is the biggest small town. 
<laughs> I haven't seen it my whole time. Yeah, right. It's the biggest small town. And it's like, but you're not small, though. You refuse to think different. Exactly. You was the biggest kid in the whole entire school. I said, you should have been graduated <laughs> and went to college. Why time. is it your, why is your, why is your transit system still don't, like. Don't get me started on the transit system. Coming from New York and coming down here, I'm just like, I just don't get it. I Why mean, is there only know. two trains on that train? Why is there only two cars on that train? Hello, I, 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 I come from I can't. DC, I can't. so we have an intricate train system. That transit system. I mean, in, in, in the 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 traffic is obviously it, it's it's a mess. It's I a mean, mess. it would just be so much better. I mean, it would okay. be. It would, sorry, go ahead. No, I would just no. I'm saying the same thing because Metro in in DC, I still in certain areas you could take more than one bus to get to the same. Spot. They just took the different routes. How how sway that y'all don't do that? I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is. I'm gonna tell you what it is. I'm gonna tell you what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what it is. They have a weird sentiment down here, or a weird thought process, something in their heads that that make them really think that not connecting the city is gonna keep undesirables out of the neighborhoods they don't want them in that's that's just my that's just my, that's just my personal personal um conspiracy theory out well, there about it but that's very true though they that's, don't have they don't have they don't have no sidewalks that's they what have, they tell you again follow the money okay Cobb county does not want martin to come in there because that's what they say they don't want their undesirables come in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anybody to go and rob anybody's house and bring the television they onto a the bus. This ain't okay. house party. <laughs> you know, we're not, they're not doing that. They're not robbing your house and getting on a bus. That's reality. Is that, but, no, it's not happening. Now, think about this. So they don't want to have Marta come in. Mm-hmm. But they create their own bus system. That what connects to Marta? It's about the money. It's about the money. It's always been about the money. You got something right there. You always it's follow always the money. Follow the, the money. Because it's like... Wait. Wait. <laughs> but Sway, you just did yeah. your own thing. You just want to keep your little money in Kyle County. That's all. They, they, they want to incorporate. And Gwinnett, they they want... just want to keep their money in Gwinnett. Exactly. But you'll connect to Marta, though. Because those people that live in Cobb County and Gwinnett, guess where they work? Here in Atlanta. I'm glad that I grew up in New York City where they was like, listen, forget what all y'all little people feel. <laughs> we take it crib. One. We take it over this. This, this is, is us. This is going to be everybody. Because yeah. it's for the best of the whole entire country, the whole city. Not, and I don't, they, I don't know. They fighting against a, a brick wall. They have like a little a little bonnet on their head in a monsoon get, hmm. trying to stay dry. Nah, it's, it's, you, That's why people, but people come down here. <laughs> They get cars. They get cars. Okay, that's what it is. You have to have a car if you come into Atlanta. Love you. Even if you live in the city. I tried it for a while when I first moved down here Without. on Marta. Going to <laughs> going from um what was that? Indian Creek um station. Oh Jesus Christ. Down all, all the way up to um all the way up to um Lennox. I used to work the my first first I was here for a while and couldn't find a job until I finally decided to I finally got a job up in Lennox Mall working at the Champs. And so I would go and drive and oh, park yes. and take the train up there. And I was just like, I am not doing this no more. I don't, I don't know how many 
empty trains and then pass in the middle of the day. That's out of service. A, I'm just out like, of service. And what's this little train that goes from here to here? Y'all going two stops. How is it out of service? Anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think the change Atlanta fix it. happened <laughs> in the early millennia. The official change, but it was mm-hmm. slowly changing was from right. like 96 into the new. It, right. That's when it changed. And now it's what you, you have today. Mm-hmm. So, hey, it is what it is. I, for better or worse, it's it's my home. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. We here. But I got to love hate. Exactly. exactly. It's apparently, it's a more love than hate because I'm it's still more here. Love than hate. Exactly. I, you I, know. Sometimes I feel like an abused abused woman, but I mean, <laughs> we gonna, we gonna ride this out for now. For now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for part one of this episode, recording with Akara. We were vibing so long, the streetlights came on, y'all. I'll be posting part two soon, though. But in the meanwhile, please go and show Akara some love. Remember, she can be found on all social media platforms at According to Akara. Me, I'm Philly J, but you can email me at hotheadscoolerminds at gmail.com with comments and suggestions, but please make them positive and constructive. Until next time, you are appreciated.